Hi, welcome to What's Up Tybee. I'm Sandy McLeod. We're in the dog days of summer, and what better place to go get a chill on than an ice skating rink? Well, it won't be long until that will be a possibility in the Savannah area. Plus, our community will soon have a new team to cheer on on the ice with the Savannah Ghost Pirates hockey team. They will have their inaugural season at the Enmark Center this fall. Today, we're visiting with a full-time Tybee resident who's going to tell us all about it. Her name is Tammy Mickle, and when it comes to ice skating, she's an expert. She spent most of her life in a rink as a skater, a coach, and frequently as a television sports producer at international skating events. I asked this Atlanta native to start by telling us how she got involved with the sport. As a child, I was a ballet dancer. My mom was Russian, (laughs) very Russian. I had the braids, and uh, I was going to be a ballerina. That was all there was to it. So I think I did ballet from day one as soon as I could. At about 10, 12 years, no, about 10, 11 years old, I discovered ice skating. And I think my inspiration was probably the 1968 Olympics with Peggy Fleming because she was so graceful on the ice and I just loved her and I thought, I want to go ice skating. So my dad started to take me ice skating on our weekends together. I just fell in love with it. So I did skating and ballet both for about a year. And then a very odd thing happened. I was in a ballet performance group. I was in the senior company in Atlanta. We had a guest choreographer come in and the company, there were 18 of us in the company and the ballet that he was doing was only 16 people. And they lined us up from the tallest in the middle to the shortest at the end. And even though I was probably like 11, I was super tiny and I was the smallest one. And the girl next to me had just been in the company one year and I had been there forever. And um, so I became an alternate and I thought, that's not right. I'm a better dancer. I've been here longer. I was I literally walked out of the studio, went to the car. My mom was waiting out in the car for me and I said, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. I just want to ice skate. And pretty much that's all I did. Atlanta had a couple ice rinks and none of them were full size at that time. There was a place on Roswell Road called the Igloo. The man who managed the Igloo, Bruce Stoltz, became a mentor of mine at one point. And eventually the Igloo did become a full size rink. We didn't stay there long because Bruce eventually built a rink out in East Cobb and it became Park Air Arena. It was in a mall. There was no hockey going on there. So it was all public session and figure skating. He was just great with all the figure skaters. He That's all he wanted to do was support us. And Atlanta had a booming figure skating program then. Tammy's skills as a skater were progressing, and even though she had some coaching at home, it was her summer trips to a special figure skating camp and her background in ballet that helped take her to a higher level. Plus, coaches from that area eventually migrated to Atlanta and built a surprisingly successful figure skating program in their community. The place to skate then, that was the time that Janet Lynn was skating, was in Rockton, Illinois, a place called Wagon Wheel. So for three years, I went to Wagon Wheel. And I started to really get much better. Even though I started kind of late, I caught up with my peers within about a year or 18 months of starting. I had passed the level of test to catch up to the people that were my age at that point. And I think it was all the ballet that I had done and the fact that I loved it and I could do it all day long. For a while there, Atlanta was a powerhouse. We probably had, I don't know how many kids, skaters at nationals, 
every year for several years in a row. We just had an amazing run because we had this great supportive system. I never even thought twice that I would not achieve the highest level in skating, which was the senior level and still is considered a championship level or gold level. They've over the years they shift the names. But I passed my gold level when I was 19 years old. And it was a big deal. I was the first person in Atlanta to ever take every single test in Atlanta. One of the first few people to make that level. There were a few people ahead of me that had gone to senior level, but it was a big deal. And but it never occurred to me not to. It'd be like you know, these days, your child not going to college or something, you would, you know, it's just what I was going to do. That was my you know, goal to finish there. I asked Tammy if getting to the Olympics had ever been one of her goals as a skater. I don't think you had bucket lists when I was a kid, but when I would call it my bucket list was to go to every big sporting event, you know, the Indy 500, the Super Bowl, the Kentucky Derby, whatever it was, the Olympics, you know, anything I wanted to at least go and watch and see and be a part of it. I think that being an Olympian would have been great, but I don't know that I, I was willing to work that hard. I just was having enjoying it more, and I did enjoy the performance. 1980, the national championships, the U.S. Figure Skating Championships, came to Atlanta at the Omni. And by that time, I was on the Atlanta Figure Skating Board. I would, had been a junior member when I was younger, but as I got older, I started being more and more involved with our figure skating club in Atlanta. And at that time, you weren't allowed to teach, you weren't allowed to make money and still compete. So you had to do one or the other. You didn't have the, these days you see people do sports much older because they can actually make money. I couldn't make money and I was ready to be done and had to have my own apartment and all those kind of things that you want when you get near late teens and early twenties and you want to kind of go on. But the 1980 nationals, kind of triggered something in me. I was given a chairmanship of, I think they were called sweepers then, where the little kids that go on the ice and pick up the stuff off the ice. I was chair of that group and I did some things with that. And I started understanding television and production and big sporting events. As luck would have it, one of Tammy's associates got involved in the world of televised sports, and that led not only to a -a once-in-a-lifetime trip, but also opened the door to her next career, a chance to start working in the television field, and also to meeting the woman who had inspired her to skate. I had a good friend, Jeff Nolt. He worked in television at that point, and he invited me to go on a trip with him to Innsbruck, Austria. And this was my first experience being a part of a television crew. And because I knew skating, they asked me to be a uh, PA. And I sat there and watched the practices and confirmed uh, the elements that the skaters were going to do. So the commentators would have an idea of what they were doing. And I worked that event, had a great time. I got to have dinner with Peggy Fleming and Dick Button and all these amazing people because it was a very small crew. And we all ate dinner together every night, stayed in the same hotel was kind of living my dream right then. And then about four weeks after I came home from that, I got a phone call from a production assistant with ABC Sports saying, "Um, national championships are in Nashville. That's pretty close to Atlanta. Would you like to come work for us? And I'm like, "Uh, yes, absolutely. The director, Doug Wilson, he actually directed Wide World of Sports or a lot of the events for it. He worked for them for 50 years. I became part of his mini crew. There was my friend Jeff Nolt was the camera blocker. And I took the notes and did videography 
at practices so we could confirm what we were doing. And then a few within a year or two, Jeff kind of was getting a little burnt out and uh, I took over for him and became the camera blocker. And then little by little, I started to do all the skating events and traveled all over the world. It was, it was kind of an amazing event. I fell on my face in it. Although Tammy was busy helping produce live television events through the years, her first love remained on the ice and in producing young, upcoming skating champions. All through this, I kept coaching. In Atlanta, I was still coaching at Park Air. By that time, I was a very busy coach, and I had a lot of good competitive kids. I had kids that were going to nationals and doing well. But I've kept coaching through it all, and over the last few years, television has shifted so much. They work with a lot of just crews that are local, so I don't really do as much television anymore. I do an occasional event. I did the Miss USA pageant this past year because a director from ESPN happened to be directing it, and they knew I could do the job. So they called me in, but I coach now and I coach virtually from Tybee, which who would have ever thought I could do that. And one of the most exciting things, and I think the reason we're talking today is that skating is coming to Savannah. The Ghost Pirates hockey team are here and they will, I think their first game is late October, October 22nd. I think the first home game is November 4th or 5th. There's a website to see it all, you know, ghostpirateshockey.com, and you can check on the Ghost Pirates and see what's going on. They'll be playing at the new End Market Arena, and a corporation that owns the Ghost Pirates, they are building a double rink in the area. It will be right where it's one exit past where 16 and 95 cross each other if you were going south. So it's 204, I think. So it's going to be in a very attainable access and there'll be a twin rink there. And I went down to Jacksonville to see the rink that they're we're running there and it's beautiful. And I think this one will be just as gorgeous. And this one's actually coming up from, from the ground up. So it'll be about a year or 18 months, I bet, depending on how construction goes. But skating is coming to Savannah. Like most of us, COVID turned Tammy's world upside down, but she found a way to adapt and continue teaching in spite of it. Now that our area will soon have a big new facility, she hopes that she'll soon be teaching a new generation to love skating and all the lessons that come with that sport. I'm thrilled that for one thing, I'm not going to commute to Atlanta like I did the last 10 years. I used to get in the car every Monday morning and sometimes even coach that afternoon and evening and then work all day Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday morning, finish teaching on Fridays, jump back in the car, come home to Tybee, go to North Beach Grill for our my reentry dinner and kind of settle in for the weekend and then do it all again the next week. And I'm uh, thrilled that I'm not going to have to do that, but I've been working virtually and consulting and my students put their phones on the board. Some people have like little hanger attachments that they put on the boards. They put in an ear, one ear pod and off we go. Changed my office. <laughs> the kids room went away during the pandemic because we had no grandkids visiting. So it became my office and I put in a few monitors and uh, a nice system and better Wi-Fi. And I've been working the whole time. My hopeful goal is to be able to start teaching physically in person again, locally. I want to help bring the community into the skating rink and share the love of skating. I heard yesterday I I was watching some tennis on TV and I heard them talking about who was inspiring the different tennis players and why they were inspired to play tennis. And I got to thinking about how it's not necessarily 
you know, Peggy Fleming inspired me in so many ways, and I loved the sport. But I don't think I was ever, you asked before about inspired to be an Olympian, other than you say things like that as a kid, you know, I'm going to be an Olympian. I, I don't know, I probably would have had to work a lot harder. But I don't think there's anything wrong with being inspired and just to love the sport. I want to share that with the community. I, I don't know that it's, you know, I'm not going to say I want to go in there and I'm going to find the Olympian from, from Savannah. I, I want to find hundreds of people that might want to learn to skate and learn more about it and eventually love the sport. <laughs> I teach several 70-year-olds still. They love the sport. It's a great, it's great mentally. It's great physically. It's super disciplined. The fact that I was a skater or still am a skater has probably gotten me through many horrible things in my life or not good days. Tough girls skate. You know, you fall, you get up, you try it again. And I think it's been important in my life to have those skills. And those are some of the skills I like to share. The sport has changed dramatically when it comes to injuries. But back in the day, Tammy and other skaters of her generation just learned how to get on the ice and work it out in the school of hard knocks. In this part of my life, I know that I probably had more than one concussion over the years. You know, back then you'd hit your head on the ice. Oh, the bump's on the outside. You're fine. Go keep going. I don't remember ever it being a big deal. I'm pretty sure I had a few concussions. I did break the bone under my kneecap in my teens. <laughs> I had been asked to demonstrate something by a very fancy coach when I was in Wilmington, Delaware at a, at a couple week camp or something there. And I was so impressed with myself that I was being asked to demonstrate a flying camel. So I went and did the flying camel, which is a, you jump first and then you spin afterwards in an open position. And I get out of it. I check out, I step forward to say, ta-da, I did it great. And my toe pick caught and I went straight down on my knee. It just chipped that bone and I was done for the summer, sent me home. And I broke a wrist. I missed it. Same thing. I missed a toe pick on a jump once and I fell straight back and naturally put my hands down and broke a wrist one time. The concussions probably long-term are the worst things because it has affected my memory, I'm sure. <laughs> but we protect the kids from that now. You know, everybody, kids, every kid that gets on the ice now, when they start a lot, they're wearing helmets. There's a lot of protective equipment. They have headbands now that even the competitive skaters, while they're training, wear that give them some protection, but it's not a helmet. It's just a headband. These days, the kids wear, they wear leggings and then they wear these things called butt pads, which are look very similar to things that kids wear in soccer, the padding that they pull on like a shorts. And we have harnesses on the ice where there's a cable going down the ice and you put on a harness on your upper body. The coach is on the other end of the rope and you're on a pulley and you skate and you learn these jumps while the coach is controlling it. You know, the coach doesn't pick you up. You still have to jump. But as a coach, I'm controlling the situation and I'm controlling the descent. Doesn't mean they're not going to fall sometimes depending on how large they are and how strong I am that day. But it does take away a lot of the fear now. Ice skating is not a cheap activity. And the reasons for the expense aren't just related to the skates and the pretty dresses. Operational costs of the facility can be daunting. The biggest thing with skating is the ice. 
Think about cooling your house, especially here in Savannah. It is an amazing amount of power and it's like a giant refrigerator in there. And the compressors that have to work, I understand the compressors at the Civic Center are probably a little older. So they probably don't, maybe, you know, we'll have a brand new building. So I think everything is being done that it'll be done as economically as possible. But skating, yeah, skating is a, an expensive sport. You have to pay for the equipment. You have to pay for the ice time. Usually, you know, if you have a coach, you have to pay for the coach. If you start competing, that means you're going to have to have fancy outfits and you're going to have someone cut the music and do the choreography. And then if the competition is in Atlanta or in Philadelphia or wherever, you have to travel to these competitions. So like any sport, I mean, hockey is the same thing. Hockey is, with it being a team sport, I've been surprised at how expensive it is too. It isn't cheap to do. I think that the group that is building this rink is super community-minded from what I've felt and learned about them. The city of Savannah has been very much behind this project. And one of my parts of this is to bring in the community that maybe couldn't afford this and hopefully build a program for everyone that everyone can afford. That I think there's going to be uh, support behind that and available. Before we ended our interview, I had to ask Tammy if she'd ever met the notorious Tanya Harding, and she shared her encounter and also talked about how some skaters just didn't take advantage of opportunities and guidance they were offered in the sport that could have helped them be more successful in life. The Tanya Harding thing was crazy. I have a one-time flyby with her. I took my oldest stepdaughter she was a skater. And we were in the hotel at Nationals one year. Somebody knocks on our door and in walks Tanya Harding. And my then probably 13, 14 year old skating stepdaughter was just like, oh my God, it's Tanya Harding. This is amazing. You know, and she's just like fanning out totally. And all she does is walk in and say, I have to use your phone. I'm locked out of my room. Not hello. How are you? She was that gruff. Even then, you know, she just was like, I have to use your phone. No, thank you. No. Hi, I'm Tanya. You know, meanwhile, the child in the room is freaking out, just thinking, oh my gosh, it's Tanya Harding. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that going on. I mean, Peggy Fleming's mother was a tough cookie too. I got to know Peggy, you know, working with her and um, she's an amazing woman in so many ways. Again, skating taught her so much. She and her sisters and her mother were homeless at one point. Her mother called it camping. Her book is amazing. Reading her autobiography is amazing to know that she took advantage of every step of the way. And that's one of the things she's done great for our sport is she's seen people that maybe have tons of talent and potential and maybe they need a little guidance in the right direction to become a better person or a happier person, not just better person, just happier and do things right. One of the things that happened with Tanya is she never took the advice of people trying to help her become what skating wanted at that time. Peggy Fleming has always been a, a really wonderful mentor to future champions and taught them to become that graceful picture or the picture that the judges wanted to see at that point and help guide them, not in a bad way. Thanks again to Tammy for taking time to visit. If you'd like more information about Savannah's new hockey team, check out their website at savannaghostpirates.com. And if you'd like more information about learning how to ice skate, reach out to Tammy. You can find her on Facebook at Tammy Mickle. That's T-A-M-I. And then her last name is M-I-C-K-L-E, and she'll be happy to get back with you. 
Meantime, thank you for listening to this edition of What's Up Tybee. This show was written, edited, and produced by me, Sandy McLeod. And please keep in mind if you need to buy or sell real estate in this area, I'm a full-time associate broker with Century 21 Fox Properties with over 20 years' experience in the business, and I would love to help you. Take care, and until next time, no matter where you are, enjoy this day like your own tidy time.